What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today is Friday, August 26, 2022. And today we're looking at some Miami Dolphins players who we're really hoping can make one last stand against the Philadelphia Eagles for the team's third and final preseason contest. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Cop Crabs, Locked On Dolphins, Friday, August 26th. I'm your host, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Your host here on Locked On Dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, we're looking forward. We obviously have to react to what all the hullabaloo was yesterday. Um, the Dolphins canceling joint practice with the Philadelphia Eagles after all reports from both sides of the fence as the Dolphins had more success against Philadelphia than vice versa. On Wednesday's joint practice, on account of a stomach bug, there's some concern that it was food poisoning. And I'll say this. I will start with this. As somebody who, within the last three weeks, has actually had food poisoning myself, you can go back and listen to the Friday show last week. And it was a shorter episode. And I acknowledged it was because I had some deer meat that I thawed out and put in the fridge. And... Um, then after a couple of days of thawing that out, then decided to cook it. It had been in the freezer for quite some time. I lost like eight pounds in 48 hours. And if it is indeed, indeed food poisoning, well, regardless, I'm, I'm hoping everybody involved is feeling much, much, much better. But the Dolphins canceling the joint practice uh, out of an abundance of caution with the Philadelphia Eagles. They met virtually yesterday. They did not want to risk something that, had a uh, contagious uh, snowball effect that would then steamroll its way through the team. But Mike McDaniel was asked on Thursday, how many players are we talking here? And he said more than a couple. And he did acknowledge that there were uh, a couple of uh, coaches as well. So this could have been a couple things. It could be something uh, that is contagious that you need the time to let it cross by. It could have been some kind of bad meat that got put into the cafeteria. Uh, Dolphins fans on Twitter suspecting A.J. Brown is your primary example because he was going after a fan account thinking that it was Javon Holland he was talking to on Wednesday after the first practice, but that was not the case. And sources can confirm that A.J. Brown was not the guilty party of the Dolphins getting either a stomach bug or fruit poison. But uh, that, that is a, a big, big blow on a serious note for a lot of these bottom half of the roster players. That evaluation window against a good Philadelphia Eagles team that my expectation is going to win 10 or 11 games this year. Uh, especially you look over in Dallas, they just lost uh, Tyron Smith through potentially December at the earliest uh, with a severe hamstring tear, avulsion fracture. They already... Uh, had lost some pieces on the offensive line, Lyle Collins, which Dolphins fans know plenty well because he was on free agency market and the Dolphins opted to go for Toronto Armstead instead. Uh, you had Connor Williams, who left in free agency to come here already. The team traded away Amari Cooper, and now you don't have Tyron Smith. I mean, the, the, the Dallas offense is looking a little troublesome. 
if we're being frank. Um, and then the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. I mean, just from a division standpoint alone, Philadelphia, yeah, like wins and losses regardless of talent level. But this is a really good football team in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And they have good skill players in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Godert. They got talent. They're corners. Darius Slay. James Bradbury. They got, they got some ballers on this Philadelphia Eagles team to the point in which I look at them as a team that is stronger on the offensive line, but weaker in the backfield. Uh, I see plenty of parallels between these two football teams. And my expectation for both is that they will be double-digit wins, win teams when it's all said and done. So for Miami uh, to get that kind of work against that kind of team and then to miss an opportunity to do that, it really puts the focus squarely on the preseason game at this point, which we need to be watching very closely because there are a lot of players with a lot at stake. And unfortunately, you've lost a joint practice environment to get evaluated for the 80 players currently on the roster, and you're going to have to cut 27 of them here in the coming days in the aftermath of this final preseason game. So I'll go position room by position room. And uh, obviously this is uh, not going to be focused too much on the players that are on the were on the 53-man roster we did earlier this week as a projection. But just players I think have a chance but they need the chance and they need to hopefully not have whatever stomach bug is going through the team so that they can actually play tomorrow night against the Eagles quarterback room. It's pretty open and shut. I got three guys on the roster. Scholars played plenty well, regardless of what he does on tape from here. Uh, he's got practice and he's got game tape. Zaquandre white. Uh, I, I will admit miles Gaskin. He's got game tape to lean off of for several years. Same for Savan Ahmed. Uh, Jared Dokes, I think, is on the outside looking in regardless, but Zaquandre White in the running back room is the one that I look at and say, man, you could really use a heavy dose of work and get a chance to see you for more than a couple of series at the end of the game and try to get a feel for how ready you are. My gut instinct says that this is a practice squad type player regardless, and that he's not ready for an active roster spot. But I'd like to have a bigger workload to have a peace of mind in making that decision, and that's what a lot of this is all about. Speaking of peace of mind, I love it when a good plan comes together. Level with me. We've all been in this situation at some point in our lives. We're a little tight on cash. Maybe you can only afford a few gallons of gas in your tank, or you got another save the date for yet another wedding present. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses pop up. Now Dave can help get you out of a pinch when you really need it. Hindsight is 2020 and you can't change the past, but if you could get a little help from future you, wouldn't you take it? Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that will help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app in the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. 
Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you. Thank you. As we look at the wide receivers, uh, I've got a pretty firm confidence level on five of the six. The big three we would expect. Ezukama, you want to make it a big four? We can do that. That'd be fun. Kind of ready to buy in there. Trent Sherfield. You get another five receivers, including a guy you might be trying to, that you're probably trying to trade. Preston Williams, River Craycraft, Muhammad Sanu, Lynn Bowden Jr., Braylon Sanders. Lynn Bowden Jr. is the one I think could really, really use another strong game performance against Philadelphia because he's the one I put in off the bubble. And um, you would just like, again, to have another game setting, and he was good uh, against Tampa Bay. Very good against Tampa Bay. The special teams dynamic Continuing to get more looks at that, but that's again the divide between him and Preston Williams and Muhammad Sanu. And again, Muhammad Sanu and Preston Williams—they've got game tape to to work off of. I do feel for River Craycraft. I feel like in a lot of lot of environments, he could probably be chasing a, a sixth wide receiver spot. He's just in such a loaded wide receiver room here in Miami. If you could tell me you could get River Craycraft on the practice squad, I'd be pretty happy about it. Um, but Lynn is the one of the five. Now, from Preston's standpoint, you could really use some good game tape to create some enthusiasm around the team trying to trade for this player before your cut downs happen and he gets put on the waiver wire and you might risk the chance of not getting your hands on him. But you got to be able to play and then you got to play well. So those are the two for me. Uh, and they're the two obvious young receivers on the bubble uh, but for different reasons. Lynn, to give me the conviction to, to secure him with that sixth spot, and for Preston to try to get some excitement about him before we get to cut downs and we have to make a big decision. Now, at the tight end room, I put, I put four guys in, uh, including Seathan Carter, who I think would be your first fringe player given a uh, pretty sizable a pretty sizable salary cap figure relative to what your expectations are for contributions in, in the offensive realm. But the only one on the bubble here that wouldn't make the roster on account of I've got a bunch of these guys in is Tanner Connor. And I don't think there's anything Tanner Connor, quite frankly, could do that would get me ready to actively use a 53-man roster spot on him. He's just, he's going to be a developmental player. He's going to need time. And um, if somebody else wants to put him in a place where they're uh, investing a, a 2022 roster spot on a player that's probably not going to be a consistent helper for you winning games until 2023 or 2024, go ahead. Um, he's a nice player. I'd love to have him. But I'm not going to bend over backwards and burn a 53 roster spot uh, to to get him in, regardless of how he plays in the preseason game. It'd almost be better for Tanner, uh, for the Dolphins, if Tanner didn't play in the preseason game, so that there was less film out there for teams to really 
kind of let their imaginations run wild. Uh, On the offensive line, I think about a couple of guys that I bumped off that we need to play well. Um, Robert Jones and Larnell Coleman are the two guys against the Eagles that, uh, assuming they are available to play, need to play and need to play well. Um, Larnell's been okay when you consider what he is as a 2021 seventh round pick from UMass and your expectations for like your high floor. If you adjust them accordingly, you can um, you can kind of see the progress that has been made, and there has been progress made with Larnell Coleman. There's no question about that. But I mean, the, the the Dolphins have put him in an unenviable spot right now, where he's the swing back. I'd also mention Greg Little because we haven't seen Greg Little play, and that in itself is problematic. For a guy who has some veteran experience, was once upon a time a highly drafted pick trying to win the swing tackle spot. But Greg Jones, um, in my in my eye, he's getting outworked by Adam Pankey and he's getting outworked by Solomon Kinley. And that makes you not on the roster if you're getting outworked by a couple of interior guys. I don't think Robert Jones is going to be your swing tackle. He certainly doesn't have the movement skills to do that in this offense. So those are players that I'm hopeful for for, uh, amidst the Dolphins' stomach bug that's kind of running its way through stuff. We we don't get robbed of seeing put one last game tape out there for us to make a decision off of. Um, But my enthusiasm for for expecting that to go well um, is mixed. It's a mixed bag. We'll flip over to the defensive side of the ball. We'll start on the defensive front. And of the bubble guys, I think it really benefit from another good game. Porter Gustin really jumps to me. Because um, he obviously has bounced around the league a little bit. You knew there was some physical skills based off his uh, reputation and draft profile at USC. Um, but he's in a, a pretty tight battle with with Brennan Scarlett and Cameron Good and Darius Hodge. And I think he's like one or two in that group right now. And if you were going to put him two, you'd put him only behind Brennan Scarlett because the, the Dolphins have a bigger financial investment queued up for Brennan Scarlett. And he was with the team last year. So... I think Porter Gustin with another strong performance could come out, especially because a lot of his success came against Alex Leatherwood in the second game. They're talking about potentially cutting Alex Leatherwood. He's a first-round pick last year. Uh, so that, that puts him in the, uh, n- for a, a parallel that Dolphins fans would understand, he's in the no-egg monogamy bucket right now for the Raiders, but to the point where they're a year ahead of Dolphins fans. And I know there were some Dolphins fans that didn't want no on the team last year, but felt like that felt like for a lot of fans, that was more the uh, emotional frustration of him being here instead of who we could have had instead versus him and his player development being at a point where you, you consider him a, a sunk cost. The Port Augustine up front, I've got a pretty good level of confidence with the other guys. Uh, I almost regard Ben Stilley in the same way that I regard Tanner Connor, or it might be better for Miami 
if uh, we don't see him again because he like, he's playing really, really well late in these preseason games. Ben still he is. And this was a player coming out of Nebraska that I thought could ball. I had a five on him over at the draft network. So um Porter's the the one up front that I think really, really would benefit, would stand to benefit. Before we go any further, I got to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay. Take a little sip here. Hold on. I don't really think there's any true stack linebackers here that we need to be mindful of. There's six on the roster. Roberts, Baker, Aguavin, Tyndall, Riley, Munson. Five are going to make it, if not four. I'd be surprised if it's four. And Munson's going to be on the outside looking in. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of linebackers, one of the other bits of news that did come out yesterday, uh, Mike McDaniel alluded to Andrew Van Ginkle having his appendix removed. Uh, this is something that happened to uh, Joe Burrow a couple weeks ago. Joe Burrow will play to start the season. There's some enthusiasm and optimism that Andrew Van Ginkle will not miss the start of the season. Andrew Van Ginkle's appendix did not rupture like Joe Burrow's did, but it was still removed. Sound like it was appendicitis. So um, the Dolphins had in... Um, what was, come on, Kyle, Trey Flowers. Jeez Louise, it's early. It's 6 a.m. Sorry. Knocking the web, the cobwebs out. Trey Flowers in for a workout. Trey Flowers, of course, with the Patriots. Dolphins were interested. Got in a bidding war with the Lions in 2019. Flowers signed with the Lions. He's out on the street right now. He got cut from his contract. Was in for a workout. Familiarity with the system. He was in, kind of raised some flags, uh, but Van Ginkle doesn't sound like he will miss any extended period of time. But even if he does, this is why you went out and you got Melvin Ingram, right? Because you're going to have Jalen Phillips. Now you got Melvin Ingram. And you feel as though there's not a drop-off, and arguably Ingram might be a better option. Um especially against some of these run-heavy teams that you'll face in the first two weeks. Well, let's go to the secondary. Guys uh, Guys that need to perform well in the preseason and give you the full sales pitch on who they are and why they need to be on the roster. And Look at Elijah Campbell, first and foremost. It's tricky because he's classified as a safety now. Uh, would the Dolphins keep five safeties? I don't know. Would they keep five corners and five safeties and one of them be Elijah Campbell who can play man and another one be Eric Rowe who can also play man and and you got seven cover options on the team? I don't know. But um, Campbell, I'm looking at 
less for is he worthy of a roster spot because I know the answer is yes. But more so, can he push Clayton Fezdalum off the roster and the Dolphins save some money for carryover cap and, and for throughout the course of the season? That's the decision that I'm looking at with Elijah Camp. I don't know if the team will view it the same way, but um, that for me is wanting to continue to see Elijah Campbell make defensive plays. Because if you start making defensive plays in addition to what you could play on teams, what are we talking about here? Clayton Fesdalum hasn't made a play at the Dolphins since he signed his contract on defense. He's been a really good special teams player, and that's great. But I can find somebody else to play the up-back position. The other name um, that I am looking at here is Noig Benadme as a bubble player. Somebody who needs a strong performance to kind of stem the bleeding from his lack of momentum since the preseason start. With training camp, there was at least some discussion, okay, staying on guys more, he's squeezing the bot. That's all out the window right now. So we need to play early in a game, and then we need to, that play to continue and sustain itself. Now, unfortunately, I, I would say this, the, the, the Dolphins having the concerns that they have in regards to cornerback uh, depth, I'd play no the whole damn game. I would play in the whole game. And I want to see a play early, and I want to see consistent play all the way throughout. Because Philly's got some dudes at wide receiver as well. Beyond just their, I mean, from a depth perspective, they've got Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager, who was a first-round pick. And I like Quez Watkins a lot. That's a good football player. Zach Pascal. John Hightower is a good speedy receiver as a developmental type. Let him play the whole game. And see what he see what he gives you. That's how I view it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Locked On Dolphins as we bring this thing across the finish line this week. Your team every day, Monday through Friday. We don't just say it; we live it. We hope you have a great weekend. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I will talk with you on the aftermath of the Dolphins' third preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And here's to another trip to Club Dub at the start of next week.